0: Thank you for joining the Element Church Podcast, where we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message inspires and strengthens your faith. Well, not too long ago, our 14-year-old daughter, Jada, asked me to do something with her that was music to my ears. It made my, my heart smile. I swelled with pride. I was so excited. And what was this thing that, that made me swell with pride? She asked me to watch a movie with her, but not just any movie. The movie, The Princess Bride. Yes, don't throw shade on my movies, all right? all right? Some some of you are thinking your level of pride is really, really low as well as your level of movies, and I don't disagree. But again, don't throw shade because I've, I've loved that movie for a very long time. Like since it came out in 1987. Yes, there was movies back then, even back then. None of my other kids really got into The Princess Bride. But Jada, my, my favorite, my, my fourth child, uh, she, she is all in on The Princess Bride train. There are so many quotable lines in that movie. If you know the movie, you might know some of them. Lines like, Hello, my name is Indigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Or malwage. marriage is what brings us together today. Love, true love. Some of you want to go watch the movie again now. Others of you are like, what in the world's happening right now? So, so why do I start this sermon referencing the princess bride? Because today for the sermon, we are watching the, just kidding, we're not doing that. Uh, we're not going to watch it. Um, as I was preparing for this sermon, I kept thinking of one line from the princess bride. Uh, one of the characters kept using the word inconceivable when any when, time something would happen that he thought was impossible to happen. And Indigo eventually said to this character, You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. And today, I, I've referenced that movie probably more than any other movie ever in, in preaching. Because so often there are words we use in Christianity that I do not think they mean what we think they mean. And today, as we talk about the word wisdom, that's what we're going to see. If you don't know who I am, by the way, hello. Hello. (laughs) My name is Jeff Manis. No one killed my father, so no one here has to die. And after all that, some of you will be shocked to know I'm the lead pastor of this place. (laughs) And I am so thankful uh, that all of you are here with us, including anybody who might be joining us uh, online. Glad you're with us as well. We're in a sermon series called Bruh, and we're walking through the book of James in the New Testament portion of the Bible. Not only is James the half brother of Jesus, so he's literally the Bruh of Jesus, but all through James's letter, He says things that kind of make you sit back and say, bruh, like really? You're gonna go there right now? And as I said, today we're looking at what James says about wisdom. Now according to our dictionary, the word wisdom means this, the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, the quality of being wise, to which I say, You keep using that word. But I do not think it means what you think it means, at least not what it's meant in the Bible. God's wisdom and God's definition of wisdom is so much different than that. It's so much deeper than that for sure. Now, I know that not everyone believes in God or desires to have his wisdom. I get that. And if that's you, thank you for being here today. And please know you are loved here and you are welcome here. And I hope that for all of us today, believers and non-believers alike, I hope we'll maybe see that God's wisdom is greater than any wisdom we could achieve in this life because it's more than just knowledge from living life. In fact, here's the big idea for today. God's wisdom, is more than knowledge from living life, it's necessary for living life. And that's different. God's wisdom is more than than just knowledge from living life. That's how we often view wisdom, life experience, education, information, so on. There's nothing wrong with those things. Those can be helpful to us in life. But God's wisdom is more than knowledge from living life. It's necessary for living life, at least living life in a way that honors and pleases God. Which should be our aim, by the way, for those of us who... Believe. I mean, without God's wisdom, I don't know how we navigate any of the ups and downs in life with, with, with any level of success or peace or hope or purity. And I don't know about you, but there's lots of things in my life that I need more than just knowledge and experience to navigate. Amen? Like, I need wisdom that comes from God the creator of heaven and earth. Anyone else with me needing wisdom today? All of our hands should be up, by the way. So here's the big question we're gonna then answer. It's a simple question. What should we know about God's wisdom? Like if if God's wisdom is more than just experience, knowledge from living life, if it's necessary for life, like what should we know about it? And there's obviously Tons of things we could talk about. We only have uh, a few minutes today to look at three. Found in our main scripture, James 1, 5 through 8. And then we're also going to end with chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Uh, James is toward the end of the New Testament portion of the Bible. Uh, So if you're in your Bible and you get to all the weird stuff in Revelation, you've gone too far. Just go back a few pages and you'll find uh, James. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, we put all of it on the screens. We're looking at some other places as well in the Bible today. And if you don't own a Bible, we say it every week. want you to have one for free. If you're here in person, ask for a Bible at guest services before you go, or you can download a free Bible app in any app store. Just go there and search the word Bible, or you can search the word YouVersion, and it should be the very first one uh, that pops up. It's an amazing resource. Before we dive into uh, the book of James again today, let's pause and pray and ask for God's help. Lord, thank you that you are going to teach us about wisdom today, It's already been written, the words of James, we're just gonna read and then gonna say a few things. And Lord, I know that the words I say are meaningless, they're empty, they're fruitless without your help, without your power, without your anointing and your authority upon it. And so I ask for those things upon my words, upon your word as we read it. And just in this place, Lord, may you teach us today about wisdom. I pray it wouldn't be a word we use and not know what it means. Lord, may we truly understand it, and may it truly change our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. James 1, verse 5 says this. If you need wisdom, which I already acknowledge should be all of us, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. And right there, we have our first bra response, but it's a good one. It's a positive one this time. God's wisdom is more than knowledge from living life. It's necessary for living life. So what should we know about God's wisdom? The first thing we see right there is this. We can ask him for it. We can ask him for it, and here's the bra part to me, that not only can we ask for wisdom, but James says when we ask, he will give it. I would even add God's waiting to give you wisdom. Bruh. Isn't that awesome? That God's waiting to give it? So if you need wisdom, which I know I do, I can ask God for it and he will give it and will not rebuke me for asking. Friends, that should be encouraging to us. It should be challenging to us and maybe convict us a little bit. Because how many times in my own life, I know none of you have ever done this, But how many times in my own life have I tried and tried and tried to figure out something, make a decision, discern something in my life? How many times have I tried overcoming something in my life, in my own way, and only after I try everything in my power and my own strength, only then do I ask God for wisdom? I know none of you have ever done it, I'm just saying. For me, that's happened a few times in my life. And listen, God's wisdom, as we said, is just, it's more than knowledge. It's so much more than life experience. It's definitely more than just more information. God's wisdom is power. It's power. That's why it's necessary for life. Now look at what God said through Solomon in the Old Testament about the power of wisdom. Proverbs 3, verse 19 says this, By wisdom, the Lord founded the earth. By understanding, he created the heavens. To which you say what? Bruh, Bruh. <laughs> right? And then in Proverbs 8, 27 through 30 This is almost all of chapter eight, if not all of it, if I'm not mistaken, is written from the perspective of wisdom. So wisdom is speaking here. I was there. When he, God, established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans, I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries. And when he marked off the earth's foundations, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. I mean, could anyone use the same power that created the world in their life right now? And that's what God says we can ask for. is wisdom that was the architect and part of creation. And that matters because even the word wisdom in verse five in the original Greek language means so much more than what we think. We're gonna dig down a couple layers in this point on the word wisdom today, so get out your shovels and your hard hats, here we go. The word wisdom on the screens here comes from the Greek word Sophia, which is the root of our English terms, sophistication and philosophy. So it is literally the art of using wisdom. So we could actually read James 1.5 this way, and it would be more literal. If any of you need the art of using wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. Bruh. And remember, we're picking up in verse 5 today, but this verse is on the heels of where we started two weeks ago when James was talking to these Jewish Christians about enduring troubles and hardships and trials in life. They were experiencing extreme persecution for their faith. And Albert Barnes, one of my favorite theologians, speaking to that part of it said this, This wisdom here probably refers to the kind of wisdom they would need in their trials to enable them to bear them in a proper manner. For there is nothing in which Christians more feel the need of heavenly wisdom than in regard to the manner in which they should bear trials and what they should do in the perplexities and disappointments and bereavements that come upon them. So, to go one layer deeper Does anyone need not just wisdom, but the art of using wisdom in trouble, trial, tribulation, and temptation? I know I do. And the great news is we can ask for it, and he gives it. By simply asking, God will give us wisdom. But, and it's a big but, and I'll spare you the joke. But. Even in our asking, James gives us some strong warnings about wisdom. It's not like he's saying, oh, yeah, just ask for it. No big deal. Get all the wisdom you want. No, it's like, as we're going to see here, bruh. There is a great responsibility and a great accountability to this wisdom. Even in asking for it, there's great responsibility. So God's wisdom is more than knowledge from living life. It's necessary for living life. What should we know about God's wisdom? We, should, we can ask him for it. And oh, by the way, he'll give it. Number two, we should align with him in it. We should align with him in it. This is where James gets personal. And I'm glad some of the things I read today is James saying it, and not me. So let's start. James 1, verse 6 now. So he's just continuing on. But when you ask him for wisdom, he says, ask, he'll give it. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty. In in our words for this sermon, a person with bad alignment is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Make sure your alignment's right. To add a little light note before we get real heavy, have you ever had a car with really bad alignment or balance? You ever driven a car like that? When I was in college, I had a 1989 Pontiac Firebird. Can I get a witness up in here? It was white with red cloth interior. It, it, it had the, the headlights that flipped up when you turned the lights on. If you remember the old uh, TV show, Night Rider with David Hasselhoff, it looked exactly like that, only it was white. And I scoured, I had my wife scour through every picture we have from when we were dating back in college, and we only found one remaining of me in the car. Here it is, that's me and the Firebird, me right there with my bad self. It was amazing. That, that car was was, was awesome. It had a V8 engine that purred like a kitten. I put a bass tube in the back hatchback, You know, hooked it to the sound system so that we could jam out to, to Vanilla Ice, Tone Loke, MC Hammer, Rob Bass, any other 90s rapper you want to put in. I just lost the under 40 crowd. Uh, think of, of Chance the Rapper or Travis Scott only without all the vulgarity. That's what I'm talking about, okay? So this car looked good. It sounded good. It made me feel good. There was only one problem. After I drove it for a while, it had horrible alignment and balance. So bad that once you hit a certain speed, it shook horribly. Like you could wash your clothes inside. It shook so horribly, that kind of shaking, right? And the problem is I didn't have any money to fix it because I put it all in the sound system. Priorities, right? So one night, we're driving back to college from our hometown over the weekend. Uh, my brother, one of our friends, was, was with us. We're driving down a backcountry road, going probably way faster than we should go, and man, that thing was shaking something fierce. We were just, just hauling down and just shaking. It was always pulling to, to one side of the road like it does when there's no alignment. Finally, it shook so bad, we had to pull over to try to inspect what was going on, as we pulled off the road into a a parking area, all of a sudden, bam, the front right tire fell off and the car fell to the ground. So we obviously are a little shook, not from the car, but from that. We go out to inspect it and I have no idea how this happened. But the, the bolts, the studs, the stems, whatever. I, you can tell all I care about was the sound system. The things you put the lug nuts on had literally sheared off flush with the hub. They were gone. And the wheel fell off. It was absolutely crazy. So, here's the thing. Asking God for wisdom, even getting wisdom... Without the proper alignment in our heart, faith in God alone, surrendering to him and his ways, willing to use the wisdom in a way that honors and pleases him. Without that, it's like having an awesome looking car with horrible alignment and balance. Oh, well, you can drive it, but you'll be, fight to keep, you'll be fighting to keep it on the road, it'll shake you something fierce. And if you don't solve the problem, it'll eventually break. And that's where a lot of us are living our lives. We are out of alignment. Yes, if you need wisdom, ask God for it. But be sure your faith is in him alone. Be sure your alignment is right. Like literally ask God, is there anything between you and I that you need to deal with? Any area of my heart that I have not surrendered to you? Are there any divided loyalties in me? Are there parts of my heart that need aligned back to you? It's a dangerous prayer to pray because God just might show you something. And now what are you going to do? Because listen, why would God reveal any more of his wisdom to you if you're not willing to align yourself with the wisdom he's already given? With the wisdom he's already revealed to you. I don't know about you, but I don't want God to refrain from giving me wisdom or a revelation just because I'm unwilling to align myself with what he already told me to do because of my divided loyalties. that's actually what James says God would do. That if you come to him with divided loyalties, he's gonna withhold from you what you're asking. James 1, 7 and 8, we're just going deeper. James says this, such people... Referring back to those with divided loyalties, bad alignment, those unwilling to align themselves with God and his wisdom. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Bruh is right. Their loyalties divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. I'll say it again. Bruh, that's heavy. Like James pulls no punches with his teaching. God's wisdom is more than knowledge from living life. It's necessary for living life. So what should we know about God's wisdom? We can ask for it. Praise God in heaven. But we also should align ourselves with it then. I need my heart aligned so that I'm not driving down the road shaking something fierce on the verge of breaking down spiritually. And then number three is this, we should allow God to use it. We should allow God to use it. We're gonna jump to chapter three. In chapter three, James comes back to this topic of wisdom, if you're reading through the whole book, and talks about what God's wisdom should produce in us. Now I want us to be careful and not get this backwards, okay? It's not if I do these things that we're about to read, then I'll get God's wisdom. It's not how it works. It's if I get God's wisdom, it should produce these things, other way around. So when I have God's wisdom, it should be doing, God should be a, I should be allowing God to produce some things in me. James 3, 13 through 17, you thought he was rough already. Buckle up, buttercup. Here we go. Buttercup, Princess Bright. I just thought of that right there. Just tie that in together. That was amazing. As you wish. Uh, here we go. James 3, some of you are like, this dude has lost his mind. James 3, 13 through 17. If you are wise, so there it is, and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. So wisdom produces humility. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things, jealousy and selfishness, are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Bruh. (laughs) For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you'll find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above, God's wisdom, is first of all pure. It is peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds, It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. Bruh. Tell me that does not apply to our life in 2021. Like when you read that description of what wisdom produces, is that counter to the culture in which we live? Hello, absolutely. And according to James, which we believe wrote this letter under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God himself, according to James, you are only as wise as you are humble. Woo! Only as wise as your last good deed or the last person you served. Only as wise as you are generous and not greedy. Only as wise as your last act of forgiveness towards someone who wronged you. Only as wise as your last restraint from saying something in anger. Only as wise as you are peaceful, gentle, and willing to yield to others. Sadly, church, That does not describe what I see from lots of Christians, especially on social media today. We are not displaying God's wisdom. And I think it hurts the heart of God. In other words, wisdom, true wisdom, God's wisdom, it's not found in how much you know. It's found in how much you allow God to use it in your life, to transform you into a different person. And as Christians, we should be leading the way in not just asking for that kind of wisdom, but displaying it to the broken world around us. Because our world needs something different than what we are currently offering them, or what anyone is currently offering them. And I think it's found in God's wisdom. So we can ask God for it, and he'll give it. We should align ourselves with him in it, allow him to use it in our life. And what happens if we do that? This is awesome. James has a pick-me-up here at the end. James three, verse 18. This is what happens if we do it. And those who are peacemakers, he just, verse 17, about those who are gentle and loving and have peace. Those who are peacemakers, those who are displaying God's wisdom, all those things we just read about, they will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. That awesome? That when when we, when we live with God's wisdom, like wherever you go, when you leave this place today and, and if you live with God's wisdom, wherever you live your life, you are planting seeds wherever you go. Planting seeds of peace. Like we can camp on that word, right? Are there people in your life that could use some peace? And we live in chaos right now. It is chaos today. And yet we, we, we can plant seeds of peace, the very thing our world needs, everywhere we go. By simply asking God for wisdom, aligning myself with it, and allowing him to use it seeds of peace, God's peace, which can only be found in the forgiveness of our sins by the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross, being enveloped in his love, having the Holy Spirit indwell our spirit, aligning ourselves with him and his ways and his wisdom. We're going to plant seeds and reap a harvest of righteousness. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes if you would. And I just want all of us, obviously I won't know if you do this or not, but I want all of us to ask God a couple of questions. What area of my life do I need to ask for wisdom? And if you sense something, see something in your minds, feel it in your spirit, hear from the voice of God, whatever it is, you just ask, Lord, would you please give me wisdom in that area? Next question, is there an area of my life that I am not aligned to you? And then if you feel something, Lord, would you, I surrender that, I surrender that part of my heart to you Lord, would you realign me in accordance to your will? And then lastly, where in my life do you want to display wisdom to others? And, Lord, Would you please give me opportunities to do that? To plant seeds of peace. And when I fail, because I know I will, may I quickly respond to you, ask for your forgiveness, for your spirit to fill me, and for you to align my heart to you. You might be here today, and all of God's wisdom will not matter to you unless you know him as your savior, receive forgiveness of your sins. Jesus died in our place, paying the price for our sins that we deserved. Three days later, he rose from the dead, and we believe that he is coming again one day to rescue those whose faith are in him and will live forever with him in eternity. If you've never put your faith in Jesus and you wanna do that right now, I would lead you in this prayer. Just speak it silently to God. Father in heaven, I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for my sins and rose from the dead. So Jesus, my faith is in you. Please wash me clean and make me new. I repent of the life I have lived, and I'm gonna turn and follow you with your help in a new life. I receive from you salvation. Please live in my heart. God, I'm asking for wisdom. And it might be a daily, moment-by-moment ask, but I'm asking for wisdom. Thank you for loving me. I'm gonna do my best to love you back. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can look up. If you're here today and you ask Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you'll ever make. It is the hardest one you will ever live out. And we want to help you live it out. So we wrote a devotional for you that we'll give you for free. Um, The best way to get that is by letting us know you made that decision. You can text us the word ELIFE to nine four zero zero zero. Text ELIFE. To 94000, and we're just going to shoot you back a link. You click that link, and you can download the devotional we wrote for you that will get you taking your next steps in Jesus. There's also a place to sign up for baptism. You heard about that earlier in the service. Third Sunday of every month, we do baptism. It is your next step after putting your faith in Jesus. And so if you've not been baptized, we'd love to be a part of that part of your journey. Uh, You can get that link or stop by the computers out in the lobby. Sign up for baptism there. It's a tough word today, but I pray that it was also, while tough, also encouraging. I was just thanking the Lord in preparing for this sermon that he doesn't have to give us anything. But he says, I'll give you wisdom. So Lord, would you give it? Would you align our hearts with it? And would you work your way through us? Show it through us, God, we pray. Love you guys. Have an awesome week. We'll be back next week with more. Hope to see you there. You're dismissed. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast or follow us on social media. To learn more about our gathering times in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or to take your next step, visit our website, elementchurch.life. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week right here on the Element Church Podcast.